We're losing! Teamwork, guys. More teamwork. They're burying us alive! Eddie Shore? Oh, piss on Eddie Shore. Old-time hockey? Piss on old-time hockey! You're blowing it! And now, between the stammers, your unofficial Canucks cast, here's Arden Caleb. You're right, it's Arden Caleb on Between the Stammers for Wednesday, June 19th. On this episode, Alex Edler contracts and negotiations have gone, uh, hit a snag, I guess. Although there are some reports that they're going, they're moving in the right direction uh, just today. Uh, also hearing a lot of rumors about the Vancouver Canucks uh, trade front before the, the draft happens this weekend. Um, the Canucks also announced uh, training camp sessions and also uh, preseason schedule dates. Uh, a couple of dates in BC, which are uh, perk the ears up. Uh, lots of trades in the NHL this week, uh, uh, having to do with defensemen. I noticed that, and uh, also a big signing in the NHL as well as Eric Carlson is off the board and no longer a free agent heading into. Uh, the free agent season starting on July 1st. Uh, Art Aronson here alongside Caleb Kirby on this Wednesday, January 19th. We're recording this at about 12.13 p.m. on the Wednesday. Kerb, how are you? I'm doing well, buddy. How are you? Good, man. Let's start with the Canucks announcing uh, training camp sessions uh, in Victoria. Yeah. Of all places. Do you remember when this little birdie slipped out at the Shark Club last week when we were out there? No, I don't remember. That must have been after the sixth beer that I had. Yeah. It was funny to hear. I I remember just, like, catching wind of this, and I'm like, we can't break this story. We'll get in shit. Yeah. uh, You know, a couple guys who were in pretty tight with the Canucks there. Um, they kind of came over and told us about this. And I think this is awesome news for Victorians. Oh, it's huge. I mean, you got practices from September 15th, or sorry, September 13th to the 15th. Yeah. So each day, and these sessions, you can go in there for $5 and watch, you know, Quinn Hughes and Brock Besser and Elias Pettersson. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah, we're going to go. Yeah, we're going to go. There's no two ways about that. And we're going to duck out of work and go and enjoy it. Oh, 100%. I think uh, it would be uh, un-between-the-stammer-like of us if we didn't. Uh, we also know that uh, the first preseason game will be held in Victoria as well against the Flames. Yeah, I'm pumped for this. Yeah. It, it sounds like it'll be like kind of like a half-squad splitting up thing. But, uh, you know, we've seen one of these before uh, with that whole Kraft Hockeyville thing when they came to actually the Q Center That's right. out in Langford. But uh, this one is going to be, I think, a little more intense. We're going to see a little more of that hatred between the Canucks and the actual Flames. Some uh, players really trying to make the squad. Did you go to that one that was I at the center? Yeah. yeah. We Adam actually, Cracknell was the hero? Adam Cracknell was totally the hero. <laughs> and Gaunt scored a really nice one in that game, too. That's kind of back in the day. But, um, yeah, I'm really pumped to see this. And I actually hope uh, we see guys like Levy, Wu, those kind of guys in this game because I wouldn't mind getting a closer look at some of those prospects. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, one guy, we, I, I'm guessing we're not going to see him here. This is just my guess on this. But Alex Edler, the contract negotiations have been, uh, you know, going on for quite some time since since the end of the season. Uh, hearing a little bit of mixed messages today because I saw a couple of tweets out there that uh, the Alex Edler contract negotiations have kind of moved forward after stalling for a long time. Uh, obviously, we think that the stall is because of term here i think the stall is because of term and i also think his agent's getting a little more nervous now that some of these other d-men are coming off the board right Right. there's some there's less options out there daily when other guys are getting signed for a guy like edler 
And this this term thing is kind of pissing me off. I mean, at the age that Edler is, right, he doesn't really have much negotiating power given his age and his history with injuries over the last few seasons. Edler, like, had a great season last year, but I think those numbers are partially inflated just because of who he was playing with. Realistically, this is a defenseman who has scored 94 goals in 13 years as the Canucks D-man, and we're hailing him as the best D-man in Canucks franchise history. That's not because Alex Edler is good. That's because the Canucks D-man, over the course of this 50-year-long period, haven't cracked 100 goals. Like, what the hell is that? Even when the Canucks were good, they didn't have a number one defenseman, really. Right? And that was the running joke. Like, when the Canucks were that sleeping giant back in 2011, everybody was always saying, they're like, oh, yeah, like, they're the best team out there, but they still don't have a number one D-man. And I think that rings true. They had, like, six number two defensemen yeah. or number three defensemen. That was the joke, right? Yeah, that was the joke. Yeah. And because Alex Edler played well for one year to get a, a bigger contract at the end of his contract year, I wouldn't be, like, running out to sign this guy, and I'd let him know that. I'd be like, dude, this is what happened. You know, the last season you were good and you feasted on points. You feasted on apples like you feasted on apples when the Sedins were here. The two years previous to that, injuries, you didn't do much. You're getting older. You're losing your stride. I mean, like, he he munches minutes. But when that's the best thing you can say about a D-man is that he's out there and he's, he's a matchup guy who can munch minutes, that's not enough, especially if you want that guy to be the quarterback on your power play, which Edler isn't. What? term do you think Edler is wanting? I think he wants four years. Four years? Yeah. And what do you think Jim Benning is comfortable giving him? I think Benning might be comfortable giving him three. But At, let's say, probably, I'm I'm guessing, like, five and a half to six mil yeah, per that's, year. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Five yeah. and a half to six. And I apparently, uh, news came out that the uh, protection didn't, didn't matter. Like, the protection from the expansion draft. It wasn't the thing that was stalling these talks. I think Edler was fine with not being protected. Okay. But it's just like, what do you want here? Four but is, years? But is the team comfortable with losing a defenseman too, right? It's not just him. Yeah. Right? Because that's one of those like, okay, now we don't have a defenseman. We signed him. Now we don't have him. Yeah. But, I mean, that's another year. If if they took Alex Edler off my hands a year later, I'd be like, oh, that's fine. We're talking about uh, the highest-scoring defenseman in Canuck history. 33 years old, though, and this is going to be his last contract. Of course he wants to hit a home run. Yeah. He's got a lot to weigh here because he obviously loves Vancouver. Yeah, no, and I mean, like, yeah. he's he's raised kids here. He's done all the stuff. Like, he's he's basically grown up here. He's been here for 13 years, but, man, like. No. He's like not said, a number one he's defenseman. He's not a number one defenseman. He's not. No. He never has been. No. He never, he never has, has been. been. Yeah. For your money, who is the best Canucks defenseman of all time if it's not Alex Edler? I give it to Oland. Really? Yeah, I do. I I give it to Oland, but even he's not a number one Canucks defenseman. Yeah. Right? Like, I love Sammy Sallow when he was playing, and I love how he could clap it on the power play, but that guy was hurt all the time. I think Christian Ehrhoff was the closest thing that the Canucks had to a number one defenseman. Like, in that, for those couple of years when he was. Lunch ladies at reception, Curb. Yeah, that's great. Um, yeah, I mean, Erhoff and Edler, they, it felt like they almost made each other bear, uh, better, and it, it felt like they were legit, like, top pairing when they were playing together. Yeah. 
right? But that's also because they were playing together with a beast of a team at that time mm-hmm. as well, right? I just mean skill-wise yeah. and everything that goes with being a number one defenseman. Ed Jovanovski, I think, had a couple of good years yeah, as well. Yeah, he definitely he, had a couple good yeah, years. Yeah, when he made Team Canada, that was that's pretty big yeah. too. Yeah, so... I don't know. It hasn't been great for defensemen uh, in Vancouver, but hopefully Quinn Hughes changes that here going forward. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I feel like the future is really bright on D on D right now for the Canucks with these young guys coming in. If Benning feels like he needs to bring in another piece, I'm okay with that. I don't really like the pieces that are keep floating around, the, the Myers, the Gardner. We've talked about Colin Miller from Vegas. I think that would be an awesome piece to add, and Vegas is in cap trouble. Like, make a deal with them, Right. Um, but we'll see what happens. There's some other news flying around this week about, you know, Tanev, and then there's some Buffalo stuff going on. You want to get into yeah, that? Yeah, let's get into the rumors right now before we get into, well, uh, we could get into the trades that have already happened and then see where the Canucks get, kind of fit into that, right? Yeah. Because, uh, like, seriously, there's been huge movement on defensemen in this past week. Yeah. Uh, and it all started with Eric Carlson signing, right? For sure. Because he's considered, you know, the best defenseman in the NHL, and he signed an eight-year, $92 million contract with the Sharks, and that kind of set off everything. And then all of a sudden, immediately after that, we got the Jacob Truba trade. 25-year-old defenseman from the Winnipeg Jets got traded to the New York Rangers for a pile of pucks, if you ask me. Seriously, like not really that much. Yeah. Yeah, they got the first overall pick, the 20th pick in return, yeah. and a defenseman, Neil Pionk, who I don't know too much about. He has some offensive upside, apparently. Scored and then, a goal on us last season. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. And then also, and then after that, we got just kind of running through these. Uh, the the Washington Capitals made a trade, Matt Nishkinen. Yeah. For Radko Gudis. Yeah. So that was just defenseman trade straight across, basically trying to trade money, right? Yeah, I think that's more Washington looking to dump money than anything else. Yeah. Niskanen slowed down a little bit. Like, you can see it out there. Yeah, and then uh, you had the Sharks trading away Justin Braun pretty much immediately after Carlson trade to the uh, Philadelphia Flyers just for a, what, a third-round draft pick? Yeah. yeah. Third-round draft well, pick, so. Yeah, it was, what was it for? It was a second and third round in 2020. Yeah, so that's actually a pretty good haul for the Sharks. I think. I think that's a great haul for the Sharks. Yeah. So, okay, so where do the Canucks fit in this now that these trades are getting made? Uh, let's let's start about Jake. Let's start with Jake Truba because well, he's a player that I've been talking about this entire year but, that the Canucks should have targeted over the last couple of years. But this is exactly why we these contract talks are coming back to Alex Edler again. This is why his agent's opening up all right. this movement, right? Like, let's... Let's make no mistake about that. That's exactly why this is happening again, because he sees all this shit go down. Right. If we're starting with Jacob Truba, yeah. I understand like a lot of people in Canucks land are pissed about this because a lot of people have wanted Jacob Truba for a while. What Jacob Truba is saying, I don't know if how much of a smokescreen this is or anything like that, but he's saying that he wanted to go because him and his wife made a collective decision to go to the New York Rangers, so it he seemed has like the Rangers was, no was on clause. his radar. So he had a decision. He had he can make a decision in this. I feel I don't know if he had I don't, a no no, he didn't. no trade clause or not, but yeah. it's a place he wanted to go. Is what he was saying. He was saying that him and his wife wanted to go. So the Winnipeg Jets decided that they'd take less to send him away. That doesn't make sense to me. Hey, I agree. I mean, but we've seen it before in the NHL. It's Jacob Truba did request a trade at some point right. during this season. He wanted to get out of there. 
the thing is, is that Winnipeg must have just obliged him to to go somewhere where he wanted to go. We don't know the inner workings of what happened in Winnipeg, but we do know that he did request a trade to get out of Winnipeg. And what he is saying is he did that for for his wife. I mean, I gotta watch that water there, Art. Well, wouldn't be the first time <laughs> I did, spilled during between the stammers. He he did that for his wife, who is studying to become a doctor in the states. That's what you keep saying, but this isn't his decision, right? I understand. I understand that, but like this is something that he requested earlier on in this right. season. We're talking News about a, broke that he requested that trade. We're talking about a guy who just came off a career year. Yeah, you know, fifty points in eighty-two games. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I feel like Winnipeg got hosed on this deal. We're talking about a first round pick, ninth overall in twenty twelve. Like this, this guy is an upper echelon defenseman. 20, 25 years old, going into the his prime, prime. Of, prime of his career. Yeah. yeah, and he's still under contract for the next couple of years. Yeah, at like four point five million, I think it is. I think one of the reasons why. Um, well, actually, I don't really know the reason why Winnipeg made this deal. Yeah, twentieth overall pick. Like, why are you stacking? There's, I think, okay. One of the reasons could be why is because of Winnipeg running out of gas in this playoff run. A lot of people had him picked to go all the way. Yeah. You know, I, I had him picked to come out of the West. Yeah. And it sounds like there's going to be a pretty major shakeup with some of these players in Winnipeg. And it sounds like Winnipeg isn't done. The, the, a lot of rumblings about Patrick Laine, Winnipeg being un, unhappy with Patrick Laine, uh, Laine being unhappy with playing in Winnipeg as well. I think this might just be the first. Um, domino to fall over there and them looking to maybe do some quick rebuilding and that's why they acquired not only Pionk but that 20th overall pick right I yeah I think they got hosed for sure and Truba he's a player that I've been screaming let's go and you there has to there has to been interest in this guy from every team in the NHL I feel like the Canucks had interest in this guy but it it sounds like to me with what has been said that he actually had a bit of a choice of where he wanted to go which is ridiculous yeah it is ridiculous I agree yeah uh rumors in Canuckland also heating up that the Canucks uh, have been in major talks with the Buffalo Sabres about a deal and rumor speculation defenseman Rasmus Ristolainen and Zach Bogosian are the two names kind of throwing out there. Of those two names, what would you be more interested in? Oh, just aligning all day. Of course, I don't, I don't but he's going to actually close. cost something, right? Yeah, yeah. But I mean, we've also heard this week too that Chris Tanev is now being shot by the Canucks for the first time. I think Sakaris broke that news that uh, the Canucks are like reportedly now open to dealing Chris Tanev, even though he has a limited no trade clause to eight teams. Okay, well, let's start there. What does he fetch? What do you is he like? Can you get what they got for Justin Braun? Right? Is no. that kind of what we're no. talking about? I don't no. think you can get what you, you got for Justin Braun just due to Tanev's injury history, right? And I get why they were a little gun-shy on shopping Tanev in the first place because they thought he might be able to bounce back in a way where he could be that guy who was steady Eddie back there and everything like that. But Tanev's injury history is, has proven that wrong, yeah. right? Like, in hindsight, every Canucks fan is like, this deal should have been, been made two seasons ago. In hindsight, yeah. I feel like that. Well, right? that's when his yeah his uh, stock was at its highest. Yeah, um, where's his stock right now? Yeah, it's not that high. No, but I mean, I could see a guy like Tanev perhaps maybe thinking about going to a place like Buffalo because it's kind of closer to where he grew up and returning home and and I feel like um, 
you're not going to be able to trade 10 of four Rista Linus straight up. Like, the Canucks are going to have to give something pretty good up. Yeah. Uh, you yesterday, you said you mentioned a second-round pick in Tanov. Would that even be enough? I don't though? even think that would be enough. Yeah. But I definitely would be interested in landing a guy like Ristolainen. Right, so and I think he's one of the better D-men out there. Uh, he's a four. He's not in the same, kind of in the same vein as Jacob Truba. He had 43 points last year in 78 games. Uh, his plus minus was not good. Is that is that right? Is that typo? His plus minus was minus 41 last year. Nah. That's brutal. Yeah, that's no good. <laughs> I, and Buffalo, what... Like, well, they, they got were... off to that ridiculous start, and then yeah. they just completely cratered. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that is not good. But he's just 24 years old, 6'4", over 200 pounds. Like, this guy is – he looks like an upper echelon defenseman right there with Truba. Um, I'd love to have him as well. I think uh, he would be uh, – he'd be a nice fit there, a nice replacement for Edler, if you ask me. How do you feel about Bogosian? Would you take Bogosian? Um, I think Bogosian's getting a little long in the tooth for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think he's uh, he would almost kind of feel like Erica Branson all over again. That's yeah, kind of what he would feel. like. I feel the same way, man. Yeah. I like Ristolainen. Uh, he appeals to me quite a bit more than a guy like Bogosian. I'd, I'd definitely, if I were the Canucks, I'd try and these are the guys I would target. If I were the Canucks, I'd target a guy like Ristolainen. I'd be on the phone with Philly and being like, "What do you want for Shane Gosses Bear?" And like I said numerous times already, I'd be after Colin Miller. Because I think you could leverage a deal there with Vegas because they're hurting. Yeah. All right. So those are some of the rumors that have been swirling around the Canucks. Uh, Chris Tanev, uh, what does he fetch? That's that's the biggest question right now. What are you thinking he fetches? Like, what do you? Well, what I, does that look like? I'm hoping uh, at least I'm hoping a second round draft pick. That's what I'm hoping. Yeah. Or maybe that's just just yeah. I think I think he thinking. could. Well, I think he could fetch that if this market starts heating up and people are looking for this this d-man i think that could happen look what eric carlson just got like yeah how the fuck did san jose think this was an okay deal to make i understand eric carlson like was like one of the best players in the nhl but i don't even think that's the case anymore after that last season with the you know with the groin seeing him on crutches going through the warriors game in the background like, his best asset is his ability to skate the puck through the neutral zone in transition, and that is going to suffer. Yeah, he was not great in this year's playoffs. Like, to start the playoffs, he was yeah. forward, and he got better as he got healthier. But that's going to be the deal with this guy, I think. Like, if you were to give this guy this contract for the first eight years of his career, yes. Fucking right. Right? Right? But now you're getting it for the second half of his career, and quite frankly, if he has three elite years left in him, you're probably happy at this point. Oh, man, he's going to be 37 when he's out of this deal. Yeah. 37 years old. Who is playing, who who has made a career off of that type of speed and that type of movement at 37 and doesn't lose a step or anything like that? Like, that, this to me makes no sense. $92 million. The Sharks have money tied up now in, in like, what, three defensemen? No. You know, between Burns, Vlasic, and, and, Carlson. and Carlson. Yeah. They're in trouble. And that's why I think um, Doug Wilson made that move to get Justin Braun out there almost immediately. Mm-hmm. And, in, and like, in, in fairness to Doug Wilson, I kind of feel like he fleeced Philly with his Justin Braun move, too. But, like, fuck. It's crazy. Yeah. So, oh, the dude, that's, 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 and that's setting the market for defensemen, too. Yeah. Right? So, that's, that's, that's something, man. That's, that's, that was big news this week that 
Carlson is re-signing there and not going on the free agency. But you know what? This is, could be good for Canucks fans, right? Because there was a lot of talk about them uh, making a push for uh, Eric Carlson. And this is this is the kind of contract that we knew he was going to want to get and he was going to get. Yeah. I didn't want to touch this with a 40-foot pole, and I'm so glad we didn't. Now, like, now the Sharks, they still got to re-sign Pavelski, their captain, which mm-hmm. they're going to – they're obviously going to do that over guys like Donskoy and Meyer – I think Meyer is going to free agency because he had a really good season last year. He's a good player. He's young. He's on the uptick. Sharks are going to lose like a pretty darn good gamer in Timo Meyer. I'd yep. be I'd be surprised if they were able to sign one. Like they're going to sign Velsky. I don't know if they're going to sign one or either of these guys. Like I don't know if they're going to be able to. Because I think they have now like sixty six million uh, committed, and they still have Joe Thornton. They still have Joe Pavelski. They still have. Uh, Donskoy and yeah. Meyer to to get under that contract. And yeah. Meyer's going to want to get paid. Yeah. And Meyer just saw what happened to fucking Kevin Hayes, you know. Yeah, so another signing that just came uh, down this week as well. Uh, Kevin Hayes signing in Philadelphia for seven years at $50 million. This uh, raised a lot of eyebrows considering uh, Hayes has only reached the 20-goal plateau mark once in his career. What are the Flyers thinking here? I think they're high on meth. Elaine Vigneault loves this guy. Elaine Vigneault clearly loves this guy because, I mean, he had him in New York. Now he's got him in uh, Philly. But seven years at $50 million, that's 7.1 or something like that, 7.15 per year. And it's just like, can I – let me just read a list yeah. to you right now of yeah. guys who Kevin Hayes is going to be making more money than next year. Yeah. Let's hear it. Taylor Hall, Nicholas Backstrom, Philip Forsberg, Patrice Bergeron, David Pasternak, Brad Marchand, Johnny Goudreau, Johnny Huberto, Alex Barkov, Mark Shifley, and Nathan McKinnon. Like, Kevin Hayes? Is he better than any guy on that list? He's taller than them. Yeah. That's about it. (laughs) <laughs> like, you are fucking high, Philadelphia. What had, are you thinking? He had 19 goals, 55 points in 71 games last season. Split between Winnipeg and uh, the New York Rangers. Uh, That's like the Canucks about to, like, paying, like, 6.5 for Jake Vertanen over, like, the next seven years. Well, you know? Oh, yeah. Well, okay. Well, that's Seriously? maybe going a little, I go a little deep. Uh, I, I do think that... Uh, Kevin Hayes' uh, connection there with Elaine Vigneault is the big sticking point here. Absolutely, it is. Uh, but yeah, is this guy number one def- a number one center? No, no. And no. you already have two number. Well, you have a number one and a number two center anyway. So you're paying seven million for a third line center. What does this do for guys like Brock Besser negotiating contracts right now, though? I know, right? These guys just like this thing set the bar and made everything so wonky for every other GM in the league. Because they overpaid the shit out of this guy. The Philadelphia Flyers do strange things. They've always done yeah. strange things since I've become a hockey fan. Right? I know. And this is on this is on the level of strange things that have happened. Uh, Philadelphia Flyers signing Kevin Hayes to a seven-year deal worth $50 million. Holy smokes. Yeah. That's, that's your third-line center. That's, <laughs> like your, third that, line that's center. your third-line center. No. You got Claude Giroux. And you got Sean Couturier, and now you got this guy at number three, seven million. He's never broken the fifty-point mark in his career. In his entire career, he's never 
Oh, last sorry, last year was the first year he broke the fifty yard, fifty, uh, fifty point mark. For all the people that thought Jay Beagle stung last year, you know, it's I think this takes the sting out of that a little bit more, right? Right. I I can't believe this deal. I think it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Well, there you go, guys. Uh, there's other GMs paying a, a lot of money uh, before this, uh, for before the uh, free before the. Uh, uh, the uh, free agency and the draft and everything here. So I think people are worried that Jim Benning is going to make a few signs like this. I'm worried. Are you worried? Yeah. How worried are you? I'm pretty worried. Yeah. Especially now that the like the market has gone apart from such a mediocre signing. And I'm sorry, like I will say, Kevin Hayes is mediocre in the NHL. He's obviously way better than you know any of us sitting around talking about it. But like. Like I said, he's he's three on the depth chart even in Philly for for centerman. It looks like Philly's probably going to be making some major moves too. I mean, like, how could they not if they're going to have this guy in the three hole? Yeah, because you got uh, Claude Giroux at number one, then you got uh, Nolan Patrick number two, Sean Couturier, Sean Couturier as well. in there. Yeah, Sean Couturier's in there, and now Kevin Hayes. I don't know. I always looked at Philadelphia and I was like, this team should be a lot better yeah. than it is. In the standings. Well, I mean, Justin Braun now, too. They picked up Justin Braun. Yeah. And Justin Braun's, like, how old? 32? There's some talk uh, on the defense that they have a really young defensive core right now with uh, Ivan Provorov and uh, Andrew McDonald and uh, Justin Shane Braun, I guess. Shane, Shane Gossesbear. Yeah, that's a name that's kind of been bandied out there. Is that a player that... Uh, maybe the Canucks should go after Shane Gossesbear. He's an offensive defenseman. What do you think about him? Well, he's looking for a rebound season because he didn't exactly have the best season last year. But, yeah, yeah I'd take him. You would take him? Yeah, why what not? Would you, would you do like I like a... how he skates the puck, man. Yeah. He's good in transition. Yeah. Yeah. What would, they, what would you give up for him, though? That's the question. Well, I mean, if they're taking Justin Braun off the hands of the Sharks for a pick in the second round and a pick in the third round. Give him a second why don't we give him Chris, Why don't we give him Chris Tanev in a third rounder? <laughs> We're just giving away Chris Tanev here. Do you take him? Will you take him? Will you take him? Well, fuck. It just seems like they want old guys who don't play much. Like, what? Braun played. Braun had two goals, 16 points. Yeah. 78 games. That's fine. I wouldn't say that's great. No. Uh, the other huge news that came down today, this is a Wednesday, uh, June, um, what did I say it was, 19th? Yeah. Uh and this is maybe the biggest news aside from Eric Carlson, but the Anaheim Ducks are buying out winger, veteran winger Corey Perry, they announced. Perry had 10 points in 31 games in an injury-plagued campaign last season. He underwent surgery. He had tore his meniscus, injured a ligament in his right knee before the preseason, but then did return to the Ducks lineup. Remember, this is a guy we're talking about who won a heart trophy. He's the team's highest or was the team's highest paid player with two years remaining on an eight-year contract, $8.6 million. Uh, he spent 14 years in Anaheim collecting 776 points across 988 games. A four-time All-Star, he won the Hart and the Maurice Richard Trophy when he had a 50-goal season in 2010-2011. Pretty big news here. What do you think about this? Corey Perry getting bought out. Dude, 34 years old. Yeah. Two years left at eight point six two five million. It's 
a lot of money. Look at that that swing. Like, if you're an Anaheim Ducks owner, you must just be like, what the fuck? We got to buy this guy out. Not only are you paying out this guy $17 million, but whoever you bring in, you got to pay that person money as well. This is like a $20 million mistake. Do you imagine Bob Murray going to the owner and saying, this is what we want to do? I, w- I wouldn't have the balls to do it. So right. good for Bob Murray for at least having the balls to go up and say, this is what I need to do in order to turn this team around. $20 million, Matt. Like, it'll probably be more than that to pick up a player who you can find to replace Corey Perry. Corey Perry at 17 over those two years, plus whoever you're going to pick up to fill that spot. What a that gut is punch. insane. What a gut punch for... Corey Perry as well, right? Yeah. You know, like, this is a blow to the ego. Uh, Bob Murray did have a pretty good quote about that, saying, this is one of the most difficult decisions I've had to make in 44 years in the NHL. Corey gave everything to this franchise for 14 years, never giving an inch to his competitors. While his scoring touch is undeniable, his will to win became his greatest attribute. But hey, Corey Perry's going to be a free agent now. His ability to piss everyone off, I think, is his greatest attribute. And never get penalties called on him. I know. He's such a shit rat out there. He was. Like, the way he goes into scrums and gets his hand in people's faces, sticks guys in the crotch. Like, don't get me wrong. Corey Perry, when he was in beast mode, was an absolute force. Everybody wanted him on their team. Top five player in the NHL. But he's always played a little bit of an underhanded hockey game. And I actually like that about his game. Yeah, in the playoffs, you want a guy yeah. like this. You yeah. want the guy stirring the drink. He was actually, you know, he's Brad Marchand before Brad Marchand, yeah. right? Like, he's 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 the guy that would always come up in the big moments, too. Like, that's yep. why he always made Team Canada. So uh, his career, do you think it's over? What do you think? Um, I think somebody's going to take a flyer out on him. Would you take a flyer out on him? Like, does he look like a guy that... You know, the Canucks could bring in as some veteran leadership to play with a guy like Petey and Besser. <laughs> he's taking a massive pay cut if I'm bringing him in. You sure it? Well, he's going to take yeah, a massive like, pay I cut. Yeah, like, I mean, he's getting, like, a quarter of what he's getting right now. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I think that's the only way people do it. And, like, people are going to be very careful with him because he's got a lot of miles on him, too, right? Right. So this guy's going to have to pass the physical. And I don't really see, and I could be way off base here. But I don't really see anybody taking a flyer out on a guy like Corey Perry until the season's almost started, like the Canucks did with Vanek a few years ago. Okay. Yeah, so this is a kind of a Vanek situation. Yeah. Uh, I would take a flyer out of him, and I know someone will. And I, I kind of watched him a little bit near the end just because I play fantasy hockey, and I like to, you know, search some of these guys who have low, um, low stock to try and get them. And, uh, yeah, he only had 10 points in 31 games, but uh, he was still nosing around the net. And I think, you know, an entire offseason here where he's off, I think uh, he's going to be very motivated to show that his career's not over yet. But here's the thing. On that team, he became a fourth-line player. Yeah. And it's just like, how many of those do the Canucks have right now? That's true. Do we need another one of those guys? Yeah. And also, what's the fit? Like, But we're talking about a guy with huge pedigree here. Yeah, but, I mean, yeah. like, this is the thing. People get yeah. all horny for this, right? And that's <laughs> in the past now. Like, yeah. his, his production has nosedived these past two seasons. Yeah. So it's just, like, I I, I really what, – what, like, what do you think? I, I already said, I think people are going to take a flyer out of him at, at the beginning of the season. Do you think he'll get snatched up before then? <sighs> no, I think it's going to be – yeah, it's going to be down to the wire as well. Um, but this is this, and maybe maybe he resigns in Anaheim for less money. Maybe that's, maybe that's. Oh man! Imagine asking the owner, we're going to buy him out, but we want to have, we want him back on the. Uh, no, maybe that doesn't happen. Uh, 
I don't know. You're right, though. He's, he's, he's been injured over the last two years. He's the Adam Wainwright of the NHL. That's what he is right now. Like yeah. A guy who performed at a very high level for a very long time, for one team for a very long time, and now he's crutching the team because of his contract. And you have to get him out. And that's what Bob Murray's done here. But that's crazy, man. Buyouts. Buyouts are fun. Not only that, but like this this news about Perry makes me feel old. Yeah. Because Perry was one of those guys I grew up with where I'm like, oh, he's kind of my age. Oh, he's coming into his own. Oh, he's a stud. Yeah, like... It was fun to grow up with this guy watching him play hockey as his career was going, as his career was elevating. People hate this guy, though. Yeah. You know, people really hate this guy. And I feel like there's a lot of people in the hockey world, hockey fans, are going, good, fuck this guy. You know? <laughs> I don't know. I, 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 like I said, I kind of But you like, and I have a soft like, spot for guys like this. I like the like gritty this. guys. I like these. Yeah. And he's not just a gritty guy. I mean, he was a fantastic goal scorer, like, his entire career. Yeah. Superstitious as fuck, though, eh? You ever see him walk out onto the ice? Yeah. Oh, it's just like he's tapping doorways and doing 360s. He's an odd just, dude. Yeah, just very bizarre. He's, uh, he's, he's one of those prototypical players, though, that, uh, that people need if you're going to win a Stanley Cup. You need players like him. Yeah. So that's why I think someone will take a flyer on him. Yeah, I think so too, but I don't I don't I don't think it's coming until later. Yeah, and you don't think the you wouldn't do it if you were the Canucks. I feel like we got that role dialed in already. It's already dialed in. You, you don't know? see him you don't see him like resurrecting his career next year and being a top line guy and being I don't. able to give him like no, I don't. You know, two and a half million a year for it. I don't. I think he's got too many miles on him. I think I. I you don't see Thomas Vanek type style. I think at him. best he's gonna be like third line, maybe pushing to be a second line player. I've watched enough Anaheim games, man, and it's just like, not only do they look so disinterested last year when they were out there, but like you can see it with Perry more than you can see it with Getzlaff. Like Perry just doesn't have what he used to have in the tank. Yeah. He's a member of the Triple Gold Club, having won a Stanley Cup with the Ducks in 2000. He won Olympic gold medals in 2010 and 2014 and a World Championship gold medal in 2016. What the hell is that Ducks team, team going to do? Good question. Ryan Getzlaff isn't exactly the healthiest bird I know. out there either, and right? And then Kessler's taking the year off. He might never play hockey again. And then you got Ricard Raquel and Jakob Silverberg. Yeah, That's kind of like your, your best team players and they traded away all their like good young defensemen I know. like Shea Thader got plucked by the Knights yeah like they're in trouble man yeah it's uh I don't know what's going on there in Anaheim I, I can't say I hate it no no I can't say I hate it no. either uh so another thing that's happening uh this evening actually this is coming out on a Wednesday uh you know, whether you're listening to this on a Thursday or whatever but the NHL awards in Las Vegas the annual awards are taking part and uh, Elias Pettersson, uh, Canucks fans are looking to see if he's going to win the Calder as the league's top rookie. What do you think, Curb? Has Jordan Binnington done enough to win that Calder trophy? Well, here's the... Over th- Elias Pettersson. Here's the thing. I think Pettersson deserves this trophy. Yeah. I think 100% he deserves this trophy because this trophy is based on your regular season. We're not, uh, we're not biased at all yeah. here, right? But, hey... We're not. We're also not voting, and this is re- voted on by sports writers across the nation. Maybe one day we'll get there. Maybe one day we'll get to vote. One day and between our, the standards, our, we'll get a yeah, vote. Yeah, and our two votes will put a guy like Elias Pettersson over the top in the future, yeah. right? But I really do think that this Stanley Cup run 
has more weight than people are discounting it for. Like, I, I do think that Which people are going to... I agree. I think it's bullshit. But I am going to be surprised, a little bit surprised tonight if, if PD does walk away with his Calder. You're going to be surprised. A little bit surprised, yeah. P- let's, let's, let's just recap. Elias Pettersson had 66 points in 71 games. Half of this year, he was a fucking 19-year-old. Yeah. Like, come on. Jordan Binnington, who, yes, nice year. His team went on to win the Stanley Cup. Fucking great year. He turned the team around from being the worst yeah. team in the league, the worst team in the league to the best team in the league. Yeah, Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyatt and Ned for half a season. Bennington steps in, takes the reins. They go all the way to win the fucking cup, man. That's a story. It is a story, but that it, it shouldn't it shouldn't have any bearing on who wins the Calder Trophy. I think it will. I really think it will. Okay, so Bennington, to his credit, was 24-5-1 this season with a 9.25 save possession and a 1.89 goals against average in his first career, first first extended time in the NHL. Sample size, how many games? 32 games. You're going to give a guy the Calder Trophy playing 32 games over a guy who played 71 games. Listen, I'm not giving the Calder Trophy to anybody. It's not fucking fair. I think, I think... That this is going to outweigh what Petey did. This guy's 25 years old because as well. Of, I know. That's the that's the thing that really not breaks my balls. Fair. He's not young, right? He's 25 years old. Journeymaned his way into the league. Got in the league. Lit it the fuck up when he got in for half the season. Right? It's not fucking fair. But all those stories, I think, are going to affect this. I want to see Petey win it. I'm cheering for Petey. I am. I want to see it happen. And Petey didn't have a team in front of him that was as good as the Blues, obviously. Like, I mean, team behind him. Uh, Petey had to be the best player, you know? Yeah, Petey was an absolute stud. And he changed the fortunes of this team. The Canucks were a 71-point win team last year. Yeah, I know. And you know how much of sad sacks we were in this market before we even landed yeah, Petey? I know. You know? But you know how much a sad sack St. Louis was until Bennington came in there? I guess so, and he but people had all hired... those games to take him to win a fucking cup, which they've never won before. Yeah, but th- that team had some, you know, had some really good players on it. Schwartz and yeah. uh, Tarasenko and Petrangelo Shen. and Pareko, who we were finding out so, as good as he is, and Shen. And yeah. it, like, there's some Ryan O'Reilly. Like, there's yeah. some really good veteran players. What did, what did the Canucks have? Brock Besser. That's Bo it. Horvat. And Bo Horvat. That's it. Quinn Hughes? No. <laughs> Doesn't they didn't, count. Didn't have him. <laughs> he played like four games. Peters, Pedersen's had to take this franchise on his back, and he has. He's better. I think Pedersen is better than advertised. Yeah, I do too. Right? Yeah. And that's going to be really sad if he doesn't get it. But you're not going to cry about it. You've already said that. I'm not going to cry about it because it's just an individual reward. And I know PD's not going to cry about it if he doesn't win either because it's just an individual award. PD doesn't give a fuck about that, man. PD's going to lead this team to a cup one day, and you and I are going to go party like we've never partied before. Yes, but I just don't – I just, you know, one of the biggest things I remember about Pavel Burry was that he won the Calder Trophy that year. Yeah. And I don't want – you know, I don't want – Besser should have be, won it last year. Yeah. Right? And Yeah, you're right. He would. If he hadn't gotten hurt, he probably would have won. Yeah, PD should have won it this year. If PD didn't get hurt, yeah. he he probably would have won it too. We know, Art, I'm comfortable knowing as a Canucks fan that we have two of the youngest, brightest stars in the league. Right. And I am totally okay with that. Watching Besser get better last year towards the end of the league, just becoming more of a complete player, that's 
Amazing. Yeah, he's right. going to bring that into this year. Right, Petey's right. already got that rounded out aspect of his game. And you know what? I will be laughing my ass off when this line becomes one of the best lines in hockey and we light the fuck out of Bennington every time we go into St. Louis. I hope so. You I know? I fucking hope so. Anyways, it's just not fair. I don't like it. I, I think it's a joke that a guy can come in and play 32 games and win the Calder when a guy comes in as a 19-year-old and changes the fortunes for a franchise yeah. and do it night in and night out. Well, who knows? Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe my intuition here is completely off and Petey does win the Calder. And these hockey writers don't put the stock into this playoff run Probably and all those other well. things. Yeah. But you know what? We say that now because we're pessimists yeah. and because we're Canucks fans. This is true. It's like the chicken or the egg situation. <laughs> what came first, being a Canucks fan or being a pessimist? Yeah. I think it takes both to you know, sure. live in this market. All right, let's uh, prediction time. Okay. Get. Does PD win it? I don't think he does. Okay. I think he does. I'm going to say he does. Oh, I he think, turned it around. Yeah, I think he I think he does. I think I think uh I think the writers will realize that fucking Bennington only played fucking 32 games. Maybe they'll just listen to this podcast before they cast that final vote tonight I feel on like their the electronic votes have already ballot. Been casted. Yeah. It's not America's funniest home videos where no. you do it live in studio. Uh, NHL draft coming up here before our next stammers. Who do the Canucks take with the first overall pick? With their with yeah. their pick at ten, yeah, I want Boldy, dude. You want it, but who do you think? I'm I'm gonna say Boldy. You're We're taking Boldy. Boldy. Okay, all right. I I uh, have been on record saying I have no idea who they're gonna take, and I don't really care. I just want him to be a good player. So um, I think that uh, they're gonna take uh, Newhook. There, there you go. go. There it is. There it That's is. That's it. That's it. You heard it here first. <laughs> That's today. That's it. The sports prophet has spoken. Uh, Caleb Kirby, where can we find you? At Curbman23 on Twitter. You can find me at Art Aronson on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all that stuff. Uh, you can email us at uh, betweenthestammers at gmail.com. Uh, Jim Benning, don't fuck this up. Yeah, man. Right? Don't fuck it up. That's the last thing we're going to say from Between the Stammers. That's a show. 